0: EK 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time to bring in Frank Dolce, our Utah insider. He's on the SmartRain guest line. Smart Rain state-of-the-art smart irrigation controller helps with first-class water management. Visit SmartRain.net to learn how to save 30 to 50% on your commercial property's water costs or call
1: 877-346-3333.
2: Frank, good morning. Good morning, DJ. Good morning, P.G.
1: Oh, Frankie. Rose Bowl, Frankie.
2: Yeah, how about that? Go into the Rose Bowl, everybody! Don't you want to go? Go! Is that an original?
1: Ah, it's kind of a takeoff. A little bit of yeah. like a little Weird out Yankovic. I changed the lyrics a little bit. <laughs> From going what to, happened a, to that guy going to go-go? what happened to
2: Weird Al Yankee?
1: He's probably on a beach somewhere with all that money he made. Yep.
2: <laughs> How could you I mean when you when he was growing up, did you think, I'm gonna I'm gonna write these ridiculous songs, you know, based on real songs, and I'm gonna make a billion dollars.
0: In a bathroom at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, or as PK likes to call it, Cal Poly S O L.
2: <laughs> is San Is San Luis Obispo? They're what is their mascot? They're not the banana slugs, are they? No, no that's UC Santa, Santa Cruz.
0: Cruz. They're the Mustangs. Oh, that's
2: Santa Cruz. Yeah, yeah the Mustangs. <laughs> the what? The Mustangs. Oh, the Mustangs. That's not very unique. I mean, go Mustangs, I guess. But <laughs> yeah. Well, who who would have thought? PK, uh, I just wanted to mention that. Colonel Sanders didn't get started until, do you know this? Do you know the answer to this? Um, he didn't get started until he was what age?
0: 61. 65. Ah, I knew he wow. was in his 60s. There's a, so, there, P- there's a plaque on the KFC at 39th and State Street because that was yeah, his first store.
2: The original. Yeah. With, with the Harmons. But, PK, that gives you a few years to get yeah, your music career going.
1: Uh, yeah, you know? I mean I've had a few hits here and there. Yeah, you know, but going to the Rose Bowl, I, I everybody, it. don't you want to go go?
2: An instant classic, <laughs> as it were.
1: <laughs> we're going to the Rose Bowl, Frank. Dreams come true.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, isn't that the truth? I mean, I I grew up a Pac-10 fan. Me too, uh, DJ. Kind too. of in between. Yeah, in between, <laughs> living in between UCLA and USC, and uh, so the Rose Bowl was always the that that was the pinnacle of full season. And things have changed quite a bit, but I still consider the the Rose Bowl the granddaddy of them all.
1: Well, when you think about it, it's the best bowl that you can earn your way into, doesn't require a committee.
2: I I don't know about this committee. In fact, I I am down on the I'm down on the committee and the way they put the top 4 teams. I thought that was just I mean, it was just like, hey, you know, SEC, let's have another all SEC championship game. Let's just devise that. I thought they could have split it up much better to give Cincinnati and Michigan a fair shot at getting into that game. And I, I think they don't. It's not like they don't have a fair shot, but it feels like it's heavily weighted toward the SEC.
0: Well, that's because they got two. Of the, that's because they got two of the four teams in. And let's be honest, they did not want a rematch of the SEC title game in the semifinal. That's what they were trying to avoid. I did. <laughs>
2: That's
0: exactly what I want. Yeah, I think most—they were afraid most viewers didn't. And as PK has pointed out, it is a TV show, and I think that was the number one thing. They either had to move Alabama to number one, or they had to do, drop wow. Georgia to number four because they did not want to put them two three, which would have made a certain amount of logic. But they didn't want to do it because they didn't want that semifinal again.
2: What is more cringy, the the CFP committee or today's politician?
1: <laughs> Good one.
0: <laughs> Why are you limited to today's politicians? <laughs> politicians. You want tomorrow's? I'll take the days out. No, I was thinking yesterday. Oh man, yeah. I know mean, stories about oh, LBJ yeah. going to the bathroom right. off the Oval Office with the door open while he's talking to aides. Like, dude, come on, close the
2: door. Well, hey, that's nothing that Rick Majeris didn't do as well. So I mean, let's <laughs> let's be honest here. Those. That occurred. Wait, you're saying right Jerry went years.
1: to the bathroom in a bathroom. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> he, I don't know. He was in that pool very regularly. <laughs> you never know.
0: <laughs> Question of the day, Frank. Where does the Rose Bowl yep. rank on the Utah Athletic Department's list of accomplishments?
2: Well, I don't know. I, I mean, I think may, maybe the easy answer is to say number it's number one, but I I don't know that it's number one. It's certainly the top three, but I think you could make arguments for for those for those three bowl appearances. You know the, and I heard I think it was I think it was uh, PK saying yesterday, everybody thinks everybody thinks <laughs> Boise State was the original BCS buster, which yeah. is not true. Right. Right. So. So, yeah, I mean, that one, you have to put that up there because that was an unbelievable accomplishment. Uh, and then, uh, of course, the Sugar Bowl and beating uh, beating Nick Saban's Alabama and handily beating Nick Saban's Alabama in, in New Orleans. I mean, that has to be up there. You're, and then, of course, the Rose Bowl.
0: You're and such a did, football fan, Frank. What about the NCAA basketball tournament going to the 1998 NCAA final?
2: Oh wait, wait, wait! I thought I'm sorry. I thought you were just talking football. No, nope. okay.
0: on the athletic department's list of accomplishments, you can go anywhere you want in the Utah Athletic Department to find an accomplishment. The ski team. Ski, the ski team,
2: team wins national championships. Like you know, they go into Mrs. Fields and buy cookies. I mean, that's, that's the, the ski <laughs> now team it's goes Funny, out you should mention
0: champions. that. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> we'll save that for the and, end. We'll come back to the end, and but well, go ahead okay. with your thought.
2: And 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 listen, uh, I I mean the gymnastics team has a, has a very long uh, history of winning national championships. Not so much recently, but you know in the history of the of the program, the the uh, the heydays of of Rick Majeris and the basketball program and some of those great teams all. All certainly rank um, up there. I, I don't know. I, in in relation to all of those, wow. I, I put the Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl has to be a top five accomplishment in, if you are considering all of Utah athletics. Um, it, you know the the success that they've had.
1: I'll tell you why it's number one. Program. I'll tell you why it's okay. number one for me. Is you look at the Rose Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl. Those were in the Mountain West. And when Majerus went to the NCAA final, he immediately said, because people were expecting him to get back and all that stuff, and he had built a power at that point, but he immediately said, we're no closer to Southern California. We're still out in the middle of nowhere with a foot of snow. And he was right. So mm-hmm. you are going to have circumstances, you know, you're going to need a prop kid in Andre Miller. You're going to need an under recruited kid in Doliac who ends up both of those kids end up playing in the NBA and you're going to need BYU to suck. So all the local LDS kids didn't want to go there. They wanted to plan a winning program, so you're going to get Alex Jensen and the Johnsons and so forth, right? So all those things had to transpire. And it's like a, with Christowiak, you needed a foreign kid in Purtle, and then you needed a J.C. kid in DeLon Wright. And that's how you built your NCA appearances. But that's not the way to build year-in and year-out success. And here... The Fiesta Bowl and the Sugar Bowl were awesome, but they were done largely with Mountain West kids, underdeveloped, under-recruited, and then they became developed when they got to the U. Eric Weddle being an example, all that stuff. Now, all that, all those circumstances, they're gone. This is the Pac-12 that you're in now. And Lincoln Riley going there brings the Pac-12 publicity. Not notoriety, because notoriety is built off of notorious, which is a negative. People misuse that word all the time. And and Klavkov down there was talking about it. it this helps the conference, and it certainly does. It was the buzz when it came out, what, last Sunday, whenever it was, mm-hmm. that uh, mm-hmm. he's going to the Pac-12. So you don't need to get flukes. You could send out your team of recruiters, which they're doing as we speak this week, and now you could go into any place Anywhere and they know who the U of U is and they know that's a program that has done nothing but winning here recently and puts a large amount of guys into the NFL. And you can get a degree if you're so inclined to get a degree, and hopefully they are if they stay long enough. So that's why to me the Rose Bowl is the number one accomplishment in the athletic history because it has far greater staying power and the impact goes well beyond January 1, 2022. They now can bring in a host of studs and they can get studs now and we're not going to look at it and say, wow. Plus they also all have the ability to look at Joe blow and see, okay, he was a uh, a running back in high school, and we're going to make him an NFL linebacker, whatever it might be. We know the stories, how they've done that. So that's why I put the Rose Bowl number one, because there's no yeah buts, and there's no, well, that was an exception. Nope. This has big-time staying power, and they can cash in on it and cash in in a way that they couldn't cash in on all those other great accomplishments.
2: I think you make a terrific argument uh for for the rose Bowl It's what being i do the, <laughs> n- 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 it's what you do and sing about it 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 is a it it is an unbelievable accomplishment uh and i i, I don't want to diminish all the other teams in terms of staying power uh for utah i I've, I've said recently that I think Utah is kind of primed to be a dominant figure in, in the Pac-12. And, and, uh, you know, even with, even with Lincoln Riley, I, you know, everything indicates that he'll turn that program around, but we'll see. You you never know. But, but even with Lincoln Riley there and what should be a reemergence of USC, which I think the conference needs, I, I don't know, It just doesn't feel like uh, as a conference overall, until that hiring of Lincoln Riley, I guess, that the conference was really that interested in winning football championships and, and you have all the other issues that the conference is dealing with and trying to manage and focused on. And, and I felt like, well, Utah has everything solidified. You know, a coach who understands the game, uh, has, has like you said, been successful at a, a very high level for a very long time with maybe not all of the resources that other programs have available. And and now a president in Taylor Randall who understands the role that athletics and football plays in, within the university. Uh, and I think someone who is willing to, to to give resources to the athletics programs and the football programs. So I, I feel like w- within this conference and with, with coach Whittingham at the head uh, and with the administration in place that Utah is, is in a really, in a really good place. And this certainly helps so, solidify that, the, the football program. Uh, I'm, but I'm, you know, I'm curious to see if, uh, if USC gets rolling, if UCLA kind of gets it figured out I, Colorado seems like, a disaster. I don't know what's happening with the Arizona schools. They seem a few years off. The, the next Oregon hire is going to be critical for the conference. Um, we'll see what happens. At I mean, Washington. These are teams that that in the past several years have been kind of the leaders in the Pac-12, and they just fell off. Like uh, I, I n- nothing against Oregon this year, but I thought Oregon should have taken a loss prior to playing Utah another loss. I, I, don't, I don't think they should have been a one-loss team coming into that game. I thought they were kind of hanging on the cliff's edge for most of the year. So, so we'll see if, if, if Oregon can get things rolling again, if Washington can, can get things rolling, in, and they should. USC, UCLA, uh, Oregon State looks like it's on an uptick. You know, maybe the conference gets itself back into prominence, but right now I don't think it's a, a great conference.
0: Well, part of that is, and, and they're doing it under different uh, circumstances, but Oregon, Washington, and USC, for most of my life, most of our lives, those have been the big three. UCLA did have mm-hmm. a run in the 80s. But those have been the big three. Other teams have broken through. Washington State a couple of times. ASU a couple of times. But those are the three that have had runs and really done things. I guess Stanford did win there three in four or five years. Yeah. But Washington – Oregon and USC have been it for 40, 50, 60 years mostly. And they're all hiring new coaches in the same year. Now one had them hired away, one had them hired away, but the other two did not like how things were going. They were way down. You know, what yeah. what league can have its three biggest brands down? The Big Twelve, the Texas brand was down, but the Oklahoma brand wasn't. You know, yeah. and Ohio State, Michigan, uh, Penn State, Michigan State, Wisconsin, the Big Ten's had a lot of brands. Alabama's always been good in the SEC, and then LSU and Auburn and Florida and Georgia take their turns. So it that's why people look at the Pac-12. You got three biggest brands, and two of the three are really struggling.
2: Don't you think that's a reason that uh, Lincoln Riley took that? I mean, I, I mean USC certainly has its tradition, but. Don't you think that's a, a big factor for Lincoln Riley taking that job at USC? I mean, he I, looked I tweeted that out, yeah. and you'd I
0: tweeted that out, and you'd fans went nuts. But it seems obvious to me if he wanted to be in the SEC, he would be in the SEC. Yeah, he would stay at yeah. Oklahoma. He went to yeah. USC. Like, it's an easier path. They're giving him a ton of money, and he's got a yeah. lot of athletes in the backyard. And. Coming off 55 and 10, he thinks he can do better than everybody has done at USC the last decade. And he probably thinks that he can be, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe he thinks he can be Pete Carroll.
2: Maybe. But he, he certainly can figure out, like, if I'm looking at the pathway to the playoffs currently, I don't know if that's going to change here quickly, but uh, going through the Pac 12, um, seems like a better path than going through the SEC at this at this moment
0: so I, know I don't we, think there's any. yeah I'm sorry go ahead
2: no I, I just don't think there's any question that that was a factor in his decision
0: I know we got to go but you said Mrs. Fields laughed because I said Mrs. Fields to PK yesterday and got a laugh because he was telling me an outrageous story PK, you have to share this story with Frank. He's gonna find this entertaining.
1: Yeah, so I'm in Vegas last week and uh, the day of the game was on Friday. I didn't have anything to eat uh, that day and I was gonna wait and go get a, the meal at the at the game. But there was a right at we stand at the Palms Place off of uh, Flamingo and there was a place across the street and it said cookies, right? So I thought, well I'll go over uh-huh. there and get a cookie. So it's a nice day too, it was seventy degrees, so I walk over there, gonna be out in the sun a little bit. And uh, as I'm walking into the store, these two guys pull up, and they go to, to go into the store. And the guy comes out, a security guard, and he's got a uh, one of those metal detector things. And the guys, like the wand
0: you see at the airport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the guys yeah,
1: sure. hold out their arms, spread out their legs, and he does it on both both the guys. And then they got to show them their IDs. And I'm thinking, wait a second. What? I just want a cookie. Exactly. I don't want to get frisked. Right. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> unbeknownst to me, in my Utah naivete, the place was, whatever the place was called, it had a name, I forget. So I get on my phone, and I uh, Google it to see what is going on. You know, I don't want to walk into a strip club or something here, and uh, which is what I thought. But it looked like a cookie shop. Well... It turns out that all the cookies that they had in there had one common ingredient, and that would be marijuana. <laughs> oh.
0: Remember that last time you went into Mrs. Fields and you got wanted on your way in?
2: Yeah.
1: Oh.
0: Those macadamia nut uh, cookies. You got to be wanted in Mrs. Fields. And this oh, is like
1: so two white. o'clock in the afternoon, too. And I'm thinking, wait, something's <laughs> off here. And not more than. 20 yards to the west was a store that said marijuana dispensary and so i knew what that was and yes while i was there the entire time and i got there wednesday the entire time i smelled marijuana the entire time so
2: so how was the cookie
1: I didn't get one.
2: <laughs> I did not go in the store. Did you, did you go for the white chocolate macadamia Maui Wowie? Yeah.
1: I did not realize that there was such a place. I was looking for your basic <laughs> chocolate chip cookie just to have as a snack before I started to go over to the stadium.
2: Yeah. I think, I think we should start. An, I mean, I don't know if Mrs. Fields even exists anymore, but I think we could bring it back and we could have, you know, the regular – the PK Mrs. Fields, which is the regular, and then the, then the Mrs. Fields Enhanced. And then, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, you go into the Enhanced store, and maybe you end up with a, a, some, a cookie that's a little different.
1: It reminded you know. me of a time, our first year in my marriage, and I've been married a long time now. My wife and I were in the Caribbean, and we're going to take a catamaran from uh, St. Thomas over to St. John's, and it was eight, 8 o'clock in the morning, and you pay for it, and they feed you on there. Well, we get down there, and they've got a continental breakfast, uh, some juice and rolls and stuff. Well, I figured I paid for it, and we already discussed this earlier this morning. I paid for it, so I'm going to have a whole bunch of uh, juice and rolls, right? Right. Well, after about my fourth swig of my juice, my wife takes a sip. She says, um, I don't think this is strictly orange juice. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm dancing. This is the best orange juice I've ever had in my life. It's so
2: fresh. (laughs) I thought it was the Caribbean, man. This tastes great. Absolutely. Hey, when in the Caribbean, you know. And it's
1: 8.15 in the morning, and I threw down four of these things before I, she told me, This isn't just juice, buddy. <laughs> yeah,
2: and you're over there thinking, I hope she doesn't figure out this isn't just juice.
1: <laughs> no, I honestly did not know that it was not just juice. <laughs> and I'm the naive
0: sportscaster with a degree from Marshall Fulkin. Yeah, well, but see, when I grew up, yes. I, I drank
1: yes. beer, I'll be the first to admit, but I never drank hard liquor. So I had no, no idea, idea what it Tastes like you weren't living the mimosa life in New Jersey,
0: baby.
2: I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea. Hey, before I before I let you go, or I guess it's the other way around, uh, PK, I had one more thought on your which may sway me as into this is the best accomplishment for Utah athletics. Financially, doesn't this game mean more to the athletics program? than than lots of those other uh, accomplishments Utahs had in the past
1: not just in the payouts but in everything else yeah because the last time I gave I, the ASU would used to call me I got I lost my landline now I got rid of it so they can't get me but they would call <laughs> me and I'd say hey you go to the Rose Bowl I'll date I'll donate 25 bucks every year you go to the Rose Bowl so I've donated a total of 50 bucks to my alma mater Wow
2: Wow. Well. So all the it's untold
1: amounts of money that that that's, this thing will bring in.
2: Yeah, no, no question about it. I think that financial aspect is something we we didn't mention. So that is absolutely we'll have to consider that. But yeah, go use. That's an un, unbelievable accomplishment, and I couldn't be happier for uh, for Coach Whittingham. I mean, that that's just a guy that uh, under difficult circumstances held this program together and put him right in this spot to to accomplish this.
0: Frank, we appreciate it. Mrs. Fields has one location left in Utah. If you're up in Layton, go to the mall. (laughs) I'll go check it out. They got like 40 in California, though, so when you go home, there's plenty of places. Uh, You can stop on your way home and take care of yourself there. Is
2: it still there? Oh, yeah, they got tons
0: of locations, but they got one in Utah. But they got locations.
2: Yeah, Yeah, go to the website. You can help yourself out. All right. once upon a time, that was... They were everywhere, man. Yeah, No kidding. All right, guys. Great to talk to you. Have a great week. Thanks, Frank. Frank Dolce,
0: our Utah football insider. Tim Lacombe, jazz radio studio analyst, coming up next.
2: It's official. The Utes are the 2021 Pac-12 champs and are heading to the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. What better way for the Utes
0: to make their inaugural trip to the Rose Bowl than a battle against Ohio
2: State? Keep it locked on the Zone Sports Network as we get you ready for the Utes' historic trip to Pasadena. Your home for the best coverage of the Utes in the Rose Bowl is right here on 97.5-1280, The Zone, in the Zone Sports Network. Bye. Ah.
0: jazz radio studio analyst joins us now and he joins us on the Smart Rain guest line Smart Rain state of the art smart irrigation controller helps with first class water management visit smartrain.net to learn how to save 30 to 50% on your commercial property's water costs or call 877-346-3333 Tim good morning good
3: morning DJ how are you I'm splendid, man. How are you? Good. How's your How's your sidekick?
1: Who the hell would that be?
3: Jake or Yak?
1: I don't know. I'm an the answer. boss.
3: When <laughs> I re- When I say boss, that's when you come in.
1: I'm here. I'm well. Until
3: then, you You stay quiet. Okay. How's the boss?
1: Who would that be? Who? <laughs> <laughs> We's all fine.
3: Good.
0: So before we get to the Jazz, Tim McCone, once upon a time, you worked at the University of Utah. And then once upon a later time, you worked at BYU. And we have both UD and Cougar questions for you this morning. But first, the Cougar question. Oregon and- Kalani's name is in a uh, on a fairly uh short list of contenders there is serious interest real interest there not just some hey let's put thirty names on a list and you you can narrow it down if you're a cougar fan and I know you are how worried should cougar fan be
3: well i I think that um you know, I don't know the word is the right word. I think uh,
0: concerned, concerned.
3: Yeah, worries a little more. That's kind of what PK does. He worries. You and I, we, we have concern. Um, no, I think it's real. I think you know, in Oregon's a place that, for a lot of different reasons, the majority of them, the color green, um, uniform and green backs. I think are the, the main reason about No, I, I think in, in what Kalani does and the the guys he can recruit and everything else would be really enticing. Um, you know, I think you couple that with what, you know, I heard a little clip of Tom Homo yesterday talking about Kalani being their coach and, you know, the, them making sure that they're out in front of things. So it'll be interesting for sure. Um, but the one thing I can tell you, knowing the situation pretty closely, is A uh Kalani loves BYU. You know, he loves being there. He he really does kinda of see himself as a guy who, you know, brought up through by Lavelle and, and kinda of carrying the torch. So it it would have to be really, really good, um, you know, for a lot of different reasons for, for Kalani to go. But um, I certainly, as I should, have everybody's attention because I think, it, like you said, it's not just. You know, I think it's real, right? I think he's one of a couple of names that really makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think that absolutely it does. I think there's there's multiple reasons why he would consider and then take the job. I don't know if he'll get offered, but just for the sake of argument, and it would be that, uh, you know, they just fund the program better. They fund the assistance better and here it's at, at at BYU it's it's almost like assumed well an assistant gets a higher paying job offer he's gone and we don't even bat an eyelash and that that's not the case in other places and the the program the the staff which includes on the field coaches and other guys in other administrative positions that they're concerned about the program being funded adequately enough to compete at the level that they only compete in in the Big 12 so what level of confidence do you have in BYU uh, wanting to compete at the level that they need to compete at financially once they go to the Big 12? Because it's going to be a difficult transition uh, just on the field, and then it's going to be made more difficult if it's not funded adequately.
3: Yeah, I think there's going to have to be a, a look at how things are done that way. Um, you know, I can only speak from experience with with. You know, when when our staff had the ability, uh, kind of in a similar time after the Jimmer year, uh, you know, Coach Rose got a couple of major schools offering jobs um, and for considerable considerable raise for everybody. Um, I mean, I think we could have probably gotten a raise for, uh, you know, and, and perhaps a hired somebody to park our cars if we wanted to at the place we were going. Um, so it, it was pretty incredible what, what the offers looked like. Um, but, you know, I think Coach Rose took that as an opportunity to try to leverage some positive stuff for the program. And he took the tact that, hey, we'd love you to build a facility here, um, you know, that we could have on campus because at that point we were still Getting kicked out of the the PE gyms and stuff when we try to get extra shots up. <laughs> um, so yes, I, I, it's got to be looked at, and it's got to be it, it's got to be differentiated when they take that step. Um, you know, they they made a transition to independence, and they had to do a lot of different things differently. And yeah, they've got to get they've got to get into this day and age where um, you know coaches are appreciated and paid what they're supposed to be paid. I mean, I I spent 12 years at BYU, and I think I made about a fifth of what my colleagues made up north. So I think that has to be something that you take into account.
0: All right, now we need the Ute portion of your career. Where does the Rose Bowl rank on the Utah Athletic Department's list of accomplishments?
3: Man, it's really awesome. Um, you know, for... Because I'm a basketball person, I would imagine that you know the national championships and both the uh, the NCAA, uh, the the Final Four that Coach Majerus went to, um, the Sugar Bowl has to be up there. Certainly, a lot of I mean the women's gymnastic national championships are huge uh, for the school and created quite a following. But this one, you know, coming right now on the heels of everything that program's been through you know i really do think that um i think it was ben anderson that tweeted out that uh kyle really should be studied for a master class in leadership after this year dealing with everything he dealt with um continuing to keep that thing plugging along and you know it was on the field stuff and it was off the field stuff and You know, that stuff can get away from you really quickly. And then, you know, you lose to BYU, the thing could have really tumbled. So, I think it's massive. I mean, everybody, every Utah fan that I talk to, I mean, they're they're making their way to Pasadena. They understand the magnitude of this. And, um, you know, I I think it's an awesome, awesome thing for, for the university, you know, to be able to, Take part in the granddaddy of them all. I mean, we've all been watching it as long as we have lived, and so it's just really cool that you know what was it ten, twelve years ago? The Pac-12, Kim calling, and Utah negotiated their way through all that. Uh, everybody kind of wondered, will they ever be a player? And now they're they're playing in the Rose Bowl. So, kudos, major kudos to Kyle Whittingham, one of my favorite people, uh, and and his staff for what they got done, and all those players for hanging together.
1: Yep, well said. Absolutely. Turning to the jazz, uh, sort of writing uh, the ship, but I don't know that the ship needed to be righted. I don't know that "righted" is a word, but you get the point. Uh, as far as you know, the little mini slump that they went through, uh, I sort of uh, looked at it and thought, "Ah, oh, man, these are just—they're dis- concerning losses." I didn't worry about them, using your words. Like I had them, I was concerned about them, and they were disconcerting. But at the same time. I'm not overly concerned, because I think Talon in this league wins, and over the course of the season, the regular season anyway, they'll be exactly where they're supposed to be.
3: You guys see the Cleveland game or see pieces of the Cleveland game on uh, Sunday afternoon? Watched
1: it, rewatched it, and then watched it again.
3: so you've got it broken down. Mm-hmm. Um, I said prior to the, the Cleveland game, I thought the Boston game was probably as good as the Jazz played. Um, and everybody, you know, hey, they gave up 130 points. Well, the offenses that night were both unbelievably good. Um, but I'm telling you, that Cleveland game really turned my head. I, I grabbed the, the prep film, getting ready to watch Cleveland. If you haven't watched them, I know you have three times PK. But for those that haven't, I think that they may be one of the best teams in the league you haven't seen or heard of. And, and two guys stand out off their film, uh, Jared Allen, who is just really starting to, you know, come into his own and understand the league, and he's starting to dominate. And then Darius Garland, who I think is going to be a, he'll be a perennial all-star. But that was a really hard game. Sunday afternoon, I thought the Jazz uh, weathered a few storms. They got down, you know, and had to make a push to win the game late. Um, I thought that the, you know, the ball movement, again, was terrific. In the last four games, the Jazz have made uh, 19, 20, 27, and twenty threes. Um, and so, you know, early in the year, threes weren't falling, but they're finding different ways to still be good offensively, still be the number one team in the league offensively shooting, you know, 30% from three. That number has quickly gone up to 36, and so is their offensive rating, which is... Uh, way ahead of, I mean, five or six points ahead of the second-place team, Golden State. So things are really starting to click for this team. Um, I'm starting to see that maybe even some of the frustrations early in the season individually are kind of going away. I see Donovan Mitchell smiling a lot out on the floor, which I like. Um, Rudy Gobert did not score in the first half and still had a major, major productive game, blocking shots, rebounding the ball at 20 rebounds. So little things that the team just kind of had to figure out how to learn. They're kind of starting to learn. Um, I've said all along, if they start making shots, look out. And I made the comment to Jake Sunday afternoon, as things were really rolling against Cleveland, who was putting up a great effort, this is the type of team right here that could make it to the finals. You know, if they play like this, if everybody's playing for everybody else, and the efforts there, and they have the ability to shoot the ball like they're shooting it. Like they've got, they've got it. What they need built there. So, really exciting things going on with the Jazz right now.
0: As good as they are, and they look, they look good, and they look like they can be very good. How big is the gap between them and the Suns, and them and the Warriors?
3: Well, I want to see them play. Um, you know, I think that's what's beautiful about the NBA right now. It's another reason I think Cleveland's for real. Is I looked at their strength of schedule and it's number six. Um, everybody's playing, you know, different schedules and playing different people and some teams you haven't seen yet. Um, and really, those those come, it comes down. I, I think they're both really, really good. I think they're both going to be tough matchups for the Jazz. But I also believe that the Jazz are better for, you know, their off season, Rudy Gay came in last game with no Hassan Whiteside. And he played that hybrid five to perfection. And so I I think, you know, you you think of last year and the Jazz and Phoenix and kind of Phoenix had our number. Um, Golden State certainly is playing great basketball and Steph Curry's one of the greatest guys to ever shoot the basketball in history. But until they match up and we see – I don't really know, you know, what the difference is between them. I know a couple of games here and there, uh, but I, I really like where this Jazz team is, and I'm really excited to see when those when they play the te- those two teams because, they, you know, that'll give me a better idea of, of how they sit.
1: So DJ doesn't think Donovan Mitchell is as good as Chris Paul. I do. What's your reaction?
3: Right, like right this second.
1: Yeah. Shocking, but I mean that's what he thinks. So I mean, I mean, he's a basketball guy, as you know. Well,
3: they're different players. I mean, it's kind of like people say, "Do you like DJ and PK?" Well, I like them, but I like them for different reasons,
0: you know. Um, your mistake, your mistake in answering this question was taking him seriously. <laughs> you screwed up. We want no, to see if you see, take debate. I'm, I'm
3: doing it. I'm doing it a different way. I, okay. I know he's playing with me, so I'm going to play back. Okay. DJ's a conversationalist. Yes. You really don't, if you, if you have a, a an appointment in 15 minutes, you really don't want to get caught talking to him on the way out the door.
0: 30, but okay.
3: Um, and then, you know, on certain days, PK can just make you feel like you're nothing. Uh, just the little glance that he gives you that. By
0: certain days, you mean days that end in Y.
1: That's true. These all mean everything to me. You're my guys.
3: <laughs> the only time I actually, the only time I hear from him is when I have Stones concert tickets in uh, Vegas or access to a golf course. Let's put it that way.
1: <laughs> not true. Not true. Not true. So
3: yeah, but but I do have unique relationships with both. Um, I think informationally, DJ is about as good as it gets. Oh, yeah, he's something. Um, sarcasm level.
1: Is
0: often you know, nearing
3: really. a 101 for PK, which is really it's New Jersey centric.
1: <laughs> He's something. <laughs> I just think Mitchell's as good as Chris Paul. That's all. So
3: we are at the end
0: of the segment, but next week, Tim, when you come on, uh, we'll talk about the ever-evolving priority of where you should take shots and why Chris Paul is the recipe for how the NBA needs to evolve. You like his mid-range? if They're taking away dunks and threes, and you shoot what everybody else shoots at the mid-range, it's an ineffective shot. But if you're as automatic as Chris Paul, maybe we ought to double back and see how efficient that shot is. And if uh, NBA guys, if you want to stick in the league, maybe you should take about 10,000 of those next summer. Get yourself on a Chris (laughs) Paul trajectory.
3: I like it. You could play, you know, just turn, as you practice, you could turn Pointer Sisters automatic on in the gym. And maybe that would be subliminally. No, I'll let PK sing it. Okay. All right, we appreciate and the it. <laughs> that one. Tim McComb,
0: not one of the Pointer Sisters, but one of the Pointer's cousins, maybe. All right, thanks, Tim. Cousins, once
3: removed. No.
0: All right, later.
1: Tim McComb, jazz radio studio analyst. Did you know one of the point uh, one of the brothers of the Pointer Sisters was an NFL referee? I think you told me that. Yeah.
0: All right, DJ and PK. Coming up, question of the day for you Ute fans. Tim addressed it briefly. Best accomplishment in the history of the Utah Athletic Department. We will get to that next. Stay with us. This is unripe guys
1: are doing a hell of a job so what's the thing that pushes kyle whittingham to not be at utah anymore that pushes him not to be at
0: utah yeah? or, or to at stay what at what point utah? is he
2: going to at be say you no, know I what just, i am going to be done when i'm retired
0: i don't see kyle whittingham going all right i'm gonna go build another program i don't think that he wants to do that i think he's got this thing where it's a well-oiled machine and they they got it rolling
2: that is unbelievable. Catch unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Kieran. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. DJPK,
0: it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Prepping for the holidays, Zero Res can help clean up before and after the festivities, keeping your carpets clean well into 2022. Give Zero Res a jingle by calling 801-288-9376 or booking online at zeroresaltlake.com. Or if you're up north, it's zeroresdavisweber.com. All right, PK, question of the day. Where does the Rose Bowl rank on the athletic department's list of accomplishments?
1: That's so simple. It's overwhelmingly number 1. Overwhelmingly. Yeah.
0: We do have a lot of people who are bringing up the 1998 NCAA basketball title game. Yeah. Michael, number one basketball national championship, number two Sugar Bowl win.
1: If they win the Rose Bowl, then that's bigger than the Sugar no, Bowl. No, 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 no. You're just looking at it right in front of you. Have vision, my good friends. So I was blessed with good vision. You were blessed with the ability to read lips. Thank you. <laughs> He came in here wanting. I have the gift. I'm just able to read lips. Yeah, when they say bleep you, we can all see it, buddy. <laughs> well, how about this? <laughs> yeah, see, I can see it. <laughs> he came in here touting himself. I have the ability to have vision. Great. What I was your point? See. All that stuff was just, as you would say, the one-offs. There was no staying power. You didn't cash in on any of it. Sure they did. Well, they didn't. They went to the Fiesta Bowl in 2004. They clearly
0: recruited a lot of good players of it because four years later, the natural lifespan, life cycle
1: of a college athlete, they're in the Sugar Bowl. They can't. Then, they then, cashed then they didn't in on the ca- Fiesta. Okay, they cashed in on the Fiesta, then they didn't cash in on the Sugar Bowl, which everybody views as better than the Fiesta. So the logic is inconsistent there. The that, only, man, that was simple. The only time Jeez, in the history of the school they've had three consecutive
0: double-digit win seasons— Sugar Bowl eight nine ten. So again, they cashed in on and won a
1: bunch of games the next two years. Mountain West, that and then all those Mountain West people, all that Mountain West talent Went five helped them and seven go in
0: the Pac twelve. Yeah,
1: yeah. Now we're done with that. You've come home. You've found your home. You have found your eternal resting place, and it is the Pac-12. So look what they did then. Going with your argument, they cashed in on it those levels. This level is a 1,000 times bigger than those levels. So imagine what they're going to do. National championships and playoffs and beyond to infinity. That's wrong, and I'll tell you why. Next. And
0: then I'll correct you. Thank you. I look forward to this. (laughs) Stay with us.